Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm hey, going to Hey, everybody, it's today. Allison Katzkowski. Thank you again for tuning in this week to the edition, Ultimate Journey of Self-Care, this edition. Um, I hope that you are having a wonderful Tuesday morning. I am Allison Kaczkowski, your host. Um, so today, as you know, I really have the, one of the things I love about doing my show is all the amazing people I get to connect with and, and talk to uh, along the lines of self-care, because right now, what I am sensing from not just the people that I talk to and the people that I run into, but just from what I'm seeing online and what I'm reading and the media and everything is that People's stress levels are really high right now. And look, I am recording this at the end of 2022 as we head into 2023. So there's still somewhat some uncertainty, I believe, some people think about the best way to prioritize and look after themselves. So my guest today, I'm super excited about my guest today. My guest is Dr. Kavitha Sun. She is a board-certified psychiatrist. And we're going to have a really interesting chat today. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Sun. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy and honored to be here. Absolutely. So, okay. So before we get into what we're going to chat about, why don't you please tell my audience a little bit about you and your background? Sure. So um, I did, I was born and raised in South India. Um, my father was a surgeon, an eye surgeon. So we traveled around during my childhood. I did, I grew up partly in um, the UK and partly in India and graduated high school and then did my medical school in India, then Uh came here in 2003 to the US to begin residency Mm -hmm. and then did that and then did my fellowship in Boston. And during all of that, I was struggling myself because I had been raised by parents who really loved us, but really had a lot of trauma in their own lives and Uh hadn't been taught how to deal with that. And so they did the best they could. But um, my mother ended up committing suicide when I was 18. And yeah, and so it sort of started me on this trajectory towards wanting to understand how the brain works and why stress or depression or bipolar disorder, all of these things, which actually start with how we handle stress. How does that start? Why do some people manage and some people not? What are the Uh tools that would help us? So it started me on that trajectory and I'm still on that journey. Oh, I love that. I just, I love that you're approaching this from the standpoint, even though you're a physician, I mean, my dad's a retired doctor. So even though you're approaching this, as a physician, that you're actually approaching this, like, I want to understand, you know, the root causes here. So you're really, what you're really doing is you're opening up possibility for people to ask questions, you know, and understand outside of the scope of medicine. 100%. I actually have done the Western, um, you know, I trained at Harvard. I've been to the top of the top in terms of the intellectual side of things. And I think it's super important. Neuroscience is a big part of what I do. But I think there's a lot more, as you pointed out, asking good questions and opening uh-huh. up new possibilities. There is more to it than just brain scans and medications. 
I love that. I love that because, you know, as you, as I'm sure you're well aware in the United States, we're what I like to call a pill popping society, right? Yep. I mean, we right. want something quick that's going to take care of the problem. You know, yes. we have this mentality. I don't have time to deal with this, which really what you're saying is, you know, it's just not important enough for me to deal with it. Right. So I love that. So tell me then a little bit, just if you could just summarize uh, as we kind of get going here on what do you, why do you think, first of all, in your professional opinion, why do you think stress is at an all-time high right now? Well, uh, this, the, the, you're opening Pandora's box here. I know, there's I so know. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much. I tend to so do that funny. a little bit, but that's okay. Oh, that's <laughs> totally fine. I love it. I love it. So um, if I had to sort of, summarize in two or three main ideas, I would say, number one, we have too much, we have too much choice in a way, right? Uh In our modern life, our brains are not made for the amount of distractibility and the amount Uh of shiny objects that are available Mm -hmm. to us through modern life. Our brains have not caught up with that. So instead of providing us options, which is why we keep finding more and more technology and advances, it actually overwhelms us at every turn. So one, I think it is just modern life is extremely overwhelming, even though when we look at why it's overwhelming, it looks like it's because we have all these wonderful opportunities. But put together, there's studies that show that when someone goes into a grocery store and there's 26 options for um, jelly, they get overwhelmed, don't pick any. But if there's only four, they immediately know and they're satisfied and feel content when they come out. Too uh-huh. many options actually leads to overwhelm, right? Yeah, the right. Second, The second reason um, that I think that uh, overwhelm and stress is an all-time high is because we actually have information overload, right? Oh, the I totally agree actually, with that. Yeah, the world was actually in a, in some ways, much more unsafe place 50, 100 years ago, not Mm -hmm. always, but in many ways, there was even more uncertainty, less discoveries, less medicines available. There was actually more danger in a way 100, 200 years ago, but there was less stress because I only knew what was happening in my neighborhood. Now I'm constantly hearing 24-7 about disasters in every part of the world and my brain has to be constantly processing this. So information overload, I think, is actually more detrimental than it has helped us. Oh, I think that's such an interesting point because I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just I think like think back, I sort of equate this to the to the beginning of cable news, right? It's like it's not like I don't think a lot of this these things were happening. We just weren't aware of it, right? Yes. And the and and the news cycle is just constant. It's no wonder that, you know, we're overstimulated and we're constantly, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then there's this this stigma that we have to make a decision immediately, right? Because we have to kind of go along with it. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's those two big things. There is too much choice, which is just overwhelming and scrambling our brains. There is too much information overload. And as you pointed out, media, the slant of the information overload is always negative, right? Because they want clicks and money. Right. And the final thing in, in my opinion is, is a combination of two factors. One is that in my opinion, the feminist movement has led to equal opportunities in the workplace, but it has not 
had uh, equalization of um, how the home is taken care of. So uh, women, yeah, lots right? of responsibility. Yes, yeah. women yeah. have equal responsibilities to men now in the workplace, but at home they are still running the show. Yeah, yeah. So women's stress is at an all-time high. Yeah, yeah. Because we're told to meet impossible standards in every area of our life. Oh, I, I mean, I just think you summed that up so well. Um, I just feel like, you know, and it's just at the end of the day, it's like you don't want to ever feel like you have to really pick what's more important, right? Yes. When it's all important to you, especially it's when it's uh, there's almost this feeling or this idea that, you know, everything else has to come before you. Yes, Everything has to come before you. You have to perform equally well in all these areas, which in the past would be taken by completely different people. Each one of those aspects would be performed by different people. Now it's one woman who has to be a CEO, who has to be a business owner, who has to be a mom, who has to be a wife, who has to be a homemaker. Uh Right. So I think that that has half of the world being female. Our stress has quadrupled. Yes. Yes. Yeah, years. I would agree with that. So yeah. let's talk for just a minute. I'm going to pick your medical brain that now for, for the next few minutes. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about like the physiological effects that all of this has on our body, because mm-hmm. I can tell you being in the health and fitness space for the last 30 years, you know, I'm well versed in like the effects of stress on, <clears throat> excuse me, on, you know, weight gain and metabolism and energy and, you know, lack of sleep or poor quality sleep or whatever. Right. But I would be really interested to just kind of hear from a medical perspective, exactly all the things that are going on, like from a nervous system perspective. Yeah, that's such a good question because a big focus of mine is actually what we call bottom up approaches where Uh we heal stress and trauma memories and things from the body because that's where stress is held. So I'm really glad you asked that. So in terms of what's happening, uh, if we back up a second and think about stress as being a signal of danger. Yeah, right. 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 Like we're going to get eaten by a bear, right? Right. 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 In modern life, it could be that the boss is looking at you weird or your friend didn't text you back when you texted Uh or you're having deadlines, but your child is also sick, right? Stress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But all of those in our primitive brain are the same signals of danger that Uh we might have seen in the wild way back when a tiger was chasing us. However, currently, you don't see PTSD in the animal kingdom, right? Yeah, you don't. You don't, even yeah. though they are truly facing life and death, they're either eaten or they escape. Right, right. One right. or the other. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. So they are really at death's door all the time. And yet there's no PTSD. Why? Because it's not the presence of stress. It's that human beings have not been taught how to complete the stress cycle in our bodies. Ah, uh, yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Right. So all of us in the entire animal kingdom experiences stress. And during that time, we have huge amounts of adrenaline and cortisol coursing through our bodies, which is what causes inflammation and breakdown of tissue. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Even even the heart attacks and the, every, all of these things can be traced back to not the fact that there is stress because there is stress in the entire animal kingdom. But the fact is that we have 
constant low-grade stress that never goes away and is never completed. That makes a lot of sense because in our society, you know, we're we're sort of conditioned to believe that we just we have to keep going. That if we take a rest, we're being lazy, right? Or if we don't get something done, that something else isn't going to happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it's like a repeat loop that just never stops. It never stops. Whereas animals, if you think about it, either they're eaten or they actually escape, which means that they have had a burst of release of energy in the escaping in their bodies. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah. allows them to not exhibit yes. the long-term effects of stress. Correct. Though, right? Yeah. Correct. If yeah. the same animal, if you put in a cage and they can't escape and you're constantly hurting them, uh-huh. they will then show signs of PTSD where they're cowering in a corner and they're scared of everything. Uh huh. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So the escape, but we don't know. We're not taught how to complete that stress cycle. And ours is not, you know, at the watering hole, something's going to catch me or I escape. It's constant, low grade, always present stress that never gets completed. Yeah. And obviously, stress manifests itself in our bodies in a number of different ways. Like you pointed out, inflammation and all of that. And, And from where I'm sitting, from what I do every day, it's, it's that ends up with, you know, weight gain or, you know, Correct. low energy or, you know, a fitness level that declines. And then you yes. are, you're more likely to get hurt or you're more likely to get sick or whatever. And it's all, it all feeds into it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's so many, there's the body level inflammation. There is the health level stuff that you were talking about. And then right. there's the mental health stuff oh, yeah. where uncompleted stress cycles and constant rumination in that way without any release actually causes you to be more inclined to go into major depressive cycles, to have relationship breakdowns, to have parenting breakdowns, acting on these stress cycles. Yes. Or like a chronic depression or, you know, the inability to make decisions and, 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 and this, this perpetual feeling that you're not, you're not getting anywhere with your life, right? That you're just stuck, right? Yeah. You're just going round and round in circles. So what then do you think are possible ways to, you know, if I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, to, you know, complete the stress cycle so that we, you know, reduce all of these, all of this unnecessary, you know, feeling that we end up in our body? Yeah, great question. So there are two major approaches. There is what we call the top-down approach, which basically Mm -hmm. is using your brain, your frontal Uh lobe, to be able to think through and complete the stress response. And then there's the bottom-up approach, which is using the body and the senses to be able to complete the stress response. So there's top-down and bottom-up. Ah, got it. Okay. The problem with top-down, top-down is very, very good because we have a frontal lobe. Many other animals don't The Mm -hmm. frontal lobe lets us plan, lets us have compassion, lets us put ourselves in other people's shoes, all these higher level thinking. Yeah, critical thinking almost. Right? Yes. So we can use that. But the problem is when your stress level has gone outside what we call the window of tolerance, Mm -hmm. you actually lose access to your frontal lobe. Interesting. So even though the frontal lobe is helpful when you are getting stressed, once Uh you have let that stress get above the window of tolerance, where you're actually triggered or overwhelmed Mm. or agitated, you're noticing the effects in your body. In other words, yeah, you have actually lost access to your frontal lobe. So you can't use the skills and the reasoning, Uh, the critical thinking. That's why 
we say and do things that we regret later. Right. Because we're just acting on impulse, literally. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. We're acting from our primitive brain, which is all about survival. And it's all about habitual responses. It's not about thinking through things. Mm -hmm. So we need both a top down approach so that it can help us maintain things in the window of tolerance. Mm -hmm. But we also need bottom up skills so that when it's touching the top of the window of tolerance, we when we've lost access to the frontal lobe, we have another way to calm it down and bring it back in that window of tolerance. And okay. that is the bottom-up approaches. And those are um, things like somatic experiencing and embodiment work, mm-hmm. where basically we, you know, our frontal lobe takes thousands of bits of information coming mm-hmm. through our senses and through our memories and through our, and it just immediately creates patterns of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. It, right. It's trying to. Well, we're creatures of habit anyway. Yes. We're creatures right? of habit. Yeah. And that's a smart thing because we don't yeah. want to be every time getting into the car and thinking, how do I drive? Right. Yeah. Right. We Absolutely. want to have habitual ways of that's for efficiency. And that's a smart thing, but because when we lose that, we we don't know what to do with the bits of information. So the implicit brain, the reptile brain, takes all of that information and tells us that we are in danger because that's what it knows to do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Right? So, so the way we do that is we actually take those bits of information and we teach people how to reinterpret all of those bits of information and combine it in different ways to complete the stress cycle instead of just feeding the reptile brain and getting more agitated. Interesting. Okay. So can you give me a couple of like modern day examples, like in practical terms? Yeah, absolutely. So there is something called the physiological side. This is something that I teach my clients. Okay. So what you do is the lung has... The structure of the lung is such that the end pockets where the air, the carbon dioxide is kept is called alveoli, Mm -hmm. and they actually don't open up fully when Mm -hmm. you're just taking a casual deep breath. Right, right. So even if you take a deep breath, the carbon dioxide, which is where the inflammation is, is held, is still in there. So when we teach something called the physiological side, which basically is you take a deep breath and at the top of your deep breath, you take one, when you think that you have completely taken the full deep breath, you stop there and take one more deep breath. That opens up the alveoli. Hmm. Interesting. So it's really two deep breaths is what two I'm hearing deep you say. It's okay. one long deep breath and uh-huh. then one sharp deep breath at the end of your lung. I see. Okay. So okay. in a sense, it's like lung strengthening, you know, Correct. to use a fitness analogy, right? Correct. Yeah. It's lung strengthening, lung full expansion. So then when you exhale fully, you are releasing all of the stress chemicals and the carbon dioxide that has been built up in your lungs. Interesting. At that point. That is okay. a one simple way in which you can complete the stress cycle multiple times during the day. Interesting. Wow. I do, you know, I've spent my career in the fitness space. I've never heard anybody explain it quite like that. So that's, that's really interesting. So yeah, it's fascinating. Um, There's so much you can do from the bottom up. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, um, so let's move on fast forward a little bit to, and I just, again, I just be interested to hear your perspective. Um, and I just, I hear this from people so much. It's almost like people feel like they make progress and then mm-hmm. they backstep a little bit. 
you know, and then they find themselves back in an old story or an old program. So it's like, again, it's like a repeat loop, but I'm wondering, I would like to hear your perspective on like the the experiences of our past. You mentioned past trauma, past things that have happened in our lives that have kind of shaped our belief systems that sort of help feed into this whole way that we respond to stress. So I would love to hear your perspective on that. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook, and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked because one of the most important parts of completing a stress cycle and staying in the window of tolerance is what we call explicit memories. Mm -hmm. That is things that you can actually remember and you can share verbally right? Mm -hmm. Like when you say, when I was four, this happened. When I was six, this happened. Uh These are verbal, what we call declarative memories. They're Mm -hmm. things that you can actually use your brain and your language center to explain. However, a lot of the stress from the past is actually held in implicit memories, which means that these are memories that do not have language attached to them. Yeah, I believe that. Right. We've all felt it, right? Sometimes we some somebody makes a certain move with their face or they say a certain word and we are so triggered even though it doesn't clearly make sense yeah right right absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. so these are called implicit memories they do not have a language pattern attached to them meaning you cannot quite explain it logically and they're held in the body they're called body implicit memories interesting okay this interesting. is why when we only do Uh, talk therapy, for example, we feel like we're making two steps forward and then we're sliding one step back Mm -hmm. because when we are triggered, we lose access to all the talk therapy tools that we stored in our frontal lobe. Mm -hmm. Our reptile brain takes over and the reptile brain is all about danger. And then your implicit memories that you can't even explain through words will take over and your body will get agitated and feel on edge. And as if, you know, you're you're starting. It's like an anxiety response. And it's like, and it's almost like um, like a short circuit is what is what's yes. coming up for me. It's like it's we got this happening circuit. and this happening and this happening. And then before we know it, we're like, you know, we find our breathing's picked up. We're like yes. sweating, you know, we're then you can't think straight. There's no way you, you can come straight. up with a solution no. at that point. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. So what we need is not just talk therapy where we 
talk about, you know, my boss said this yesterday and I'm stressed about that and this and that and come up with tools, which is all well and good. Mm -hmm. But the complete permanent healing can happen only when there's also healing of implicit memories. Uh Interesting. Okay. So, so what then are some practical like tidbits that you could offer, you know, for anyone listening out there that might be thinking, you know, wow, I can totally see me in this, like just practical, easy things where people could start. Absolutely. So where, if I was going to um, share, I'll share two tips that I think would be where I would have anybody who's new to this work start. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one, never lie, only speak the truth. Okay. Yeah. I say that it sounds really simple and obvious. Like, of course, I'm not a liar. None of us are liars. We all speak the truth. No, we don't. Most of us speak so many. There's research to show that we we speak more than 10 white lies a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. The reason why that's important is whenever you are speaking a white lie, you are actually holding back your truth. Mm -hmm. And when you hold back your truth, you actually add to the implicit sense in your body that you're unsafe. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So it's like almost like a biological response at that point. Correct. Yeah. So the number one thing I would say to start doing immediately is never lie. So if your spouse says, do you want pizza? for dinner and you're thinking, uh, I don't really care. I don't really want pizza. I just had pizza at lunch at work, Uh but you know, he seems to really want pizza. So I'll just say, yes, it's not like I care. Uh Don't just say, yeah, sure. Say, I don't really want pizza, but I guess I could go with it if that is your truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because how often do we not prioritize ourselves and what we think are the best things for us? Because we're either afraid of upsetting somebody or, or, you know, it's this whole, I'm too busy. It's selfish. If I put myself first, that whole thing, right? Yes, correct. So number one, never lie. Do not speak white lies, only speak the truth. Even if your child asks you a very uncomfortable question, you don't have to go into great depth with the answer, but don't make up stuff. Yeah. You are hurting your body. Interesting. Wow. Okay. I hadn't quite heard it put like that, but that's, that's a good tidbit. So yes, it's not only that you're not being truthful, you're not yeah. being consistent with your values, you are hurting your biology. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay. So let's say, thing. let's say someone out there is listening to this conversation and they're mm-hmm. just really resonating with all this. Like, yeah, I totally see myself doing that. And yeah, I've done that before. Um, but maybe they just I mean, I hear you on the speaking your truth, but but what can you offer somebody that they can walk with away with today and implement right away? Yeah. So one would be the physiological side, right? Uh-huh. Use that as often as you need, even in the middle of a meeting at work, even in the middle of a conversation with your spouse where you notice yourself starting to get triggered, even in the middle of your child having a meltdown, uh-huh. right? Whenever you notice your temp, we call it the internal temperature with my clients, I have them actually draw out a 
um, thermometer mm-hmm. and we write down what it feels like in the body when you're at a one, two, three, four, or five. And then when you've gone about five, you've, you've gone outside the window of tolerance. How does it feel in your body? Uh-huh. You need to know what your thermometer looks like so that you can tell, oh, right now I'm at a four. Right now I'm touching a five. And when you're starting to touch a five, use the physiological sigh, you'll immediately come down to at least a four. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So anyone out there is listening now, it's really get familiar with this new way to practice the deep breathing that we talked about, the lung strengthening, right? Yes. That that's always a good place to begin. Yes. Take a long, deep breath, then hold and take one more sharp, deep breath. And then exhale slowly until you have nothing left to exhale. You will notice that you will come back to your window of tolerance. Your thoughts will be a little less jumbled. You'll be a little less panicked. Oh, wow. I just, I love that. I'm going to remember that and share that with, with lots of people. So this has been so fascinating. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I actually have created a little PDF for you guys, for your listeners, so what I do is I help people heal their implicit memories uh-huh. in their own psyche and in their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And then we actually help them create that kind of healing in their relationships. Okay. Okay. okay? Because you cannot actually heal your relationships without healing this both top down and bottom up approach in your own biology. Okay. So. Okay. In the healing conversations with other people, with your loved ones and such, we have, I've created a formula or sort of a way of thinking through communication called the four C's of conscious communication. And I've created a PDF for your listeners, and they can actually look through that, use the physiological side and use this framework to have difficult conversations without yelling, shutting down or walking on eggshells. Oh, wow. So real practical practical tips. You can use it tonight. Awesome. Fantastic. So where can people find that now? Is there like a web address? I mean, you can obviously find the link to that in the show notes, but where else can people find you? Absolutely. So we have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group um, called Your Brain on Trauma, Tools to Complete the Stress Cycle and uh, Live Well. And that is a free Facebook group that people can find me. And we have tons of trainings and all kinds of free stuff in there. And I come in there once a week and do trainings. So that would be the best place to find us Uh immediately have access to me. Uh And uh, in the show notes, your show notes, I will have my website with a slash link to the PDF as well. Awesome. Sounds great. So Everyone can find you either taking advantage of this amazing free gift or they can head over and join your Facebook group too. Yes, Your Brain on Trauma. Fabulous. Okay. And what was the name of your website again? It's right now, it's just drkavitasun.com. Uh-huh. Right now, that's the website, but we're actually changing it uh, soon to the Trauma Coach. Ah, either love it. Way, yeah. Yeah. So either way, your the link that I give you will go to the PDF. Oh, fabulous. Okay. So anyone listening can just look in the show notes and and find all of these links. So fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great to have this conversation and so necessary, I think. 100%. I think the number one thing that we can do to heal our communities, our families, the world is actually healing our biology top down, bottom up and our past so that we don't react in automatic ways over and over out of fear. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that's ultimately 
one of the highest ways that we can take care of ourselves. Yes. Do that. Right. And that's really what this show is all about. Yeah. You cannot sacrifice yourself and do good in the world. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Of course. And if anyone out there is listening, um, I know a lot of you are, please make sure that you check out Dr. Sun's info all in the show notes here. You can take advantage of the four C's of conscious creation um, in the hand, that's a PDF handout. You can just find the yes. link and you can just download it. You can go join her in her Facebook group, or you can find her on her website. So, and again, if you are a business leader, entrepreneur, coach, business owner, and you're looking to really differentiate yourself in the online world, maybe you have, um, maybe part of your business is in person, maybe it's all online and you want to add some in-person Um, The wave of the future, in my opinion, is to have a hybrid business model. It's to be able to help people in a number of different ways while you stay within your zone of genius. This is one of the things that we teach inside of my Innovate Academy signature program. Um, Please come over and join me if you are a business owner, uh, business leader, influencer, entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera, coach, whatever. Um, Innovate and Grow for Health, Fitness, Wellness, and Coaching Entrepreneurs on Facebook Um, We do a lot of things in there as well. I'm always doing live trainings and I do free masterclasses all throughout the year Um, just because right now the work that we all do in the world is so needed right now. I mean, people are, I I can, I feel it every single day in all of my conversations with people, how so many people are simply struggling just to figure out what's next um, on a number of different levels. So if this is your calling, if you feel like this is something that you can contribute to society as a whole, please come over and join us there. And before I sign off, I just want to thank you for all of your support of my show, um, helping me share the message. If this episode you think would be helpful for a friend or a colleague, please feel free to share it with them. Um, We're heard all over the world and every week we reach more and more people. And I owe it all to you for all of your support. And I'm continuing to tune in and check this out. So this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. 